have to wait for live stream, so we're just marking time before I get the thumbs up. Are we all right? Okay. So for those who are at home and are listening to live stream, we are very happy that you're hopefully able to see us and hear us. And we're going to continue this week uh, at Hebrews. You know, uh, last week we looked at how uh, we reminded ourselves that God, one of the names for the Lord is Yahweh, which means the God who is I am. The God who is the God of the I am. In other words, he's the ever-present help in time of trouble. He is the one who is always there in the moment. And our title today is, is Joy in Your Salvation, A Daily Reality. Now, I've kind of pinched this title a wee bit from Sunday nights in church. Dave Wiley has been doing a lovely wee series about being hungry for God. And he mentioned this, I think it was last Sunday or the Sunday before, about the possibility of having the reality of joy in our salvation on an everyday basis. And I think this is something that, that really is very important because for an awful lot of us, we think that uh, becoming a, a believer in Jesus, becoming a Christian, getting saved, whatever term you want to put on it, somehow we see that as being a, something that happened to us where we invited Jesus to come in and be our saviour. And of course, that's exactly true. That's what happens. It happened to me when I was only eight years old, realizing that Jesus died for my sins, that I needed him to be my savior, that I was out of sync with God because of my sin. And as a little child, I just asked Jesus to be my savior. I realized when he died on the cross, he died for me. Very simple. And that happened to me when I was eight years old. But looking back to that moment, is not enough and it's enough to get me to heaven but it's not enough to give me an everyday joy and satisfaction in my daily walk with God and that's what I would love for us to catch today that God wants to speak to us every day and that even in the darkest of days that he wants to take us and lift us into a joy that is supernatural even whenever things are going wrong and I want to be very real today and I want to share with you something of my own experience but I really feel that this is what uh, we're coming to in Hebrews. We have looked at how uh, God is the I am, we have looked at how he's the God who is the God of the now. Last week we looked at we are partakers of the heavenly calling. In other words, when we trust Jesus as Saviour, we become part of God's family, we become part of Christ, we become one with Christ. And, and because of that, we saw last week that we were exhorted, we were encouraged that we should have confidence to keep going for God. And confidence is a big theme that we have had around these talks from the beginning of September. We've spoken a lot about confidence. And, and I want to kind of include that in what we're saying today because God wants you and me to be women of confidence, women who know who we are in Christ and who have our confidence in him. And I've written in your notes that we should take courage because we should remember that we are living in a war zone. And if you were here on Sunday morning or if you're listening to Philip on, on podcast, you would know that he reminded us on Sunday morning that we're actually, we need to be aware, whilst we're on this earth, we're living in a war zone. The enemy is still known as the God of this world. And yes, Jesus has defeated him. And when we accept Jesus into our heart, we have the victory. But by and large, the majority of people on this planet are still looking to the wrong person. They're still, still not looking to God. And, and there's an enemy prowling around and the Bible says he's like a lion seeking whom he might devour. So we are in a war zone and we will need courage because the enemy wants to take us out. And I think that's really, really important. But uh, we're going to start and we're going to read a few verses now because uh, the first thing we're going to look at is that because of all that God has done and because he's asking us to have confidence in him, he's warning us, he's warning us that there's a possibility that we mightn't enjoy our salvation the way we could. And he's looking back at the children of Israel and he's using them as an example. And I want to talk to you today about the children of Israel and how they are an example to us what not to do, but they're also an example about how we can actually overcome 
and, and how we can have victory in our lives, how we can enjoy our salvation on a daily basis. So I think I'll read to you from the New Living Translation from Hebrews chapter 3, and I'll read a few verses here where it says, uh, the, um, the end of... Um, the end of verse 7. This is a very small print, so I hope you can... Here we are, yes. This is why the Holy Spirit says, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience. Even though they saw my miracles for 40 years, so says the Lord, I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath, and I said, they will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day, while it's still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the, to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. Let's just leave it there. I want to just remind you of the story of the Israelites. You remember that they had been slaves in Egypt. They were uh, under bondage, they were in slavery. And you remember, uh, God told Moses to kill the little lamb, the Passover lamb, put the blood on the door. And you remember, they were safe that night in Egypt. When the blood was on the door, the destroying angel passed over their door. But every Egyptian that had no blood on the door, do you remember the firstborn of their, of their household died? And remember, that was the night that the Lord took Israel out of the, under the Egyptian bondage. And to this day, the Jews remember the Passover because that night they were taken out of bondage and they were brought into a journey, to start a journey to a promised land. Now, there's a beautiful picture in that, as probably most of you know, a beautiful picture of Jesus being our Passover lamb. That he came to die, remember that John the Baptist pointed and said, Behold Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so Jesus came to be our Passover lamb, fulfilling all of the Jewish Old Testament prophecies. And he came to shed his blood so that we could apply the blood to our lives and that we would be safe from the destroyer. And that we would be able to escape the bondage of Satan and all the stuff that Satan throws at us. And we can start this journey with God. And we're starting to move into the promises of God, the promised land, if you like. The promises of God, the rest of God. Hebrews talks about it being a rest of God. Now, I wanted to really encourage you not to harden your hearts because there's i've given you in your notes a lot of scriptures to read and we probably won't have time to look at them all but they all kind of link in with this passage in hebrews because despite god's miraculous deliverance despite the fact that god took them out of egypt it wasn't very long before the israelites hardened their hearts in the wilderness and they started to cry out against god in fact if you read consecutively in Exodus, you'll see that God took them out. You know, Exodus 12, 13, 14 were all about being taken out of the, of the bondage and starting this amazing journey. Remember, God even opened up the Red Sea to take them through the Red Sea. We looked at that last week. And if you read all of that in Exodus chapter 12, 13 and 14, and if you continue to read, you'll see that by the time you get to Exodus 16 and 17, that they're starting to complain. They're complaining because they haven't got food, and they're complaining that uh, they haven't got enough to drink, and they're just this constant grumbling against God. And in fact, they begin to speak so, such, such wrong words over their lives. Um, they begin to speak, oh, if only, why didn't we just stay where we were? Why didn't we stay in Egypt? And they begin to speak words over their lives that are, are negative words, not good words. We need to be careful what we speak over our lives. In fact, in, uh, in Exodus, 
It wasn't very long before they said, look, let's go back to Egypt. They, they were just, they were actually limiting God. They, were, they weren't trusting in God. And so they grieved him. And it says in, um, it says in 1 Corinthians, uh, no, sorry, in Psalm 95, it says, for 40 years, the Lord says, I was grieved with that generation because there are people who go astray in their hearts. And 1 Corinthians 10, and again, I haven't time to read all of these, reminds us that we are just like the Israelites. There's something in us that will start to complain very quick. Now, would you agree with me on that? Isn't there a wee thing about us that whenever things go wrong, we tend to forget all the good that God has done. And the first thing we do is start to complain and start to get angry with God. And this is what grieved God. And in fact, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 5 to 13, tell us that Israel lusted after the wrong things. They went after evil things. They began to make other things idols. They committed sexual sin. They spoke out against God. They tested and grieved him. And in short, their hearts just weren't right with God. Now, I know that we can go through bad times. And I know that when we're going through a hard time, God wants us to be real. And he wants us to tell him how bad we're feeling. And he wants us to be real. There's a difference in being real and telling God how you feel. There's, that's, that's a different thing to starting to complain and starting to, 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 to lose your faith in God. And God does not want us to stop trusting in him. Now, over this last wee while, uh, we have a, a course in our church called Ignite. And they have been kind of looking at this journey of coming out of Israel. And, and they make a point that I want to, want to make to you. They, they suggest that in Israel, the, the, the Isra in, sorry, in Egypt, the Israelites didn't have enough food. They didn't have enough of anything. They, they were under bondage and they just didn't have enough. So when they were in Egypt, they hadn't enough to do them. But when they started the journey, when God took them out of bondage and they started this journey through the wilderness, God looked after them and gave them just enough to do them every day. But God's plan was never for them to stay in the wilderness. God's plan was for them to go through the wilderness and to move into the promises, into the promised land, into the promises of God, into the rest of God, and God's plan was always for them to have more than enough. Now, when we get saved, we, we step out in faith. God takes us out of bondage. The enemy is no longer control over us. We're free. We step out on a journey of life. But God wants you and me to have more than just enough. He wants to take us, not in heaven, but here on earth. He wants to take us into his promises where we can experience more than enough. Now, do you get that? That God wants you to have more than enough for your present circumstances. And, you know, I want to, I just, as we go through this today, I believe God's going to show you that that's possible. And, you see, the trouble was that instead of, of experiencing all that God had for them, the Israelites hung back in the wilderness. And it tells us uh, in Psalm 78 that they limited the God of Israel. They put a limit on him. They thought that he couldn't take care of them. In fact, they actually said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? They, they grieved God. They grieved him because they didn't trust him. And, and I want to suggest to you that it's possible for you and me to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the only way that we can move out of the wilderness and into the promised land is by the help of the Holy Spirit. And when we grieve him, we keep ourselves stuck in a wilderness situation. And God doesn't want that for any of us. God wants us to move on. The children of Israel complained and they spoke death over themselves because they, they started to say, I wish we'd never left Egypt. And they began to say, we're going to die here in the wilderness. They began to speak death words over themselves. Never, ever speak death over yourself. They said, this is going to kill us. Don't speak words like that. Speak words of life. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they spoke ill-advisedly with their lips. And it's possible for you and I to speak words that are not words of faith. And if we don't speak words of faith, 
then we begin to speak words of unbelief. And you know, it, it, unbelief starts with the small things, the grumbling in the small things. That's what happened to Israel. They started to grumble about food and water, and then it just grew. And instead of just having a little bit of unbelief, they began, unbelief began to fill their head, began to fill their mind, and began to fill their mouth. And it came to the point where their unbelief caused their hearts to be hardened. And I want to say to you that, that it's really important. What we speak is really important. Words of faith are vital in our journey. We need to speak out, God, thank you that you are already working ahead of time. Thank you that you're looking after this situation. Thank you that you're able to do even more than I'm expecting. Thank you you're already on the job. Those are words of life. When we start speaking out words of faith, thank you, God, I trust you. I don't limit you. I know that you can take me out of this situation. Thank you, God, I'm trusting you. I'm praising you because I know that you're already leading me through and I've already got victory. Those are words of life. And those words really please God because we're, 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 we're speaking faith. And faith talk is really, really important. The children of Israel sadly did not speak words of life they spoke words of death they did not believe god they began to they began to doubt him and doubt moved into unbelief and unbelief leads to a hardened heart and a hardened heart doesn't receive from god and this is what i want to share with you today and i believe the message today do you know i really believe this message today is actually a really really important one from we come in this morning, there's just been one distraction after another. That prayer room this morning was a bit chaotic. It was just like one thing after another. And I honestly feel like the enemy doesn't want this word to reach your heart. I honestly feel that he wants, he wants to deafen you. He doesn't want, because listen, when your heart gets softened up and you start believing God, anything can happen. Do you believe it? Well, I, I, I believe it because I've proved it. And you see, over this last few weeks, we've been looking at Hebrews. And remember what it said in Hebrews 2. It talks about we should give earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. And the trouble is that when there's a verse in the Bible that says, as a man thinks, so he is. So if you start thinking, well, God's not really working in my situation, and you allow those thoughts to come into your mind, before you know you'll start speaking those thoughts, and before you know that's exactly what you'll be believing. You know what I mean? You'll begin to drift away from faith. You'll begin to drift away from faith talk, and you'll start speaking negative talk. And God doesn't want you to do that. Because once you start, once the drift starts, you will end up with a hardened heart and you will not believe God and you'll find yourself far away and cold and away from God and you won't believe him and you're not going to receive anything. And that's exactly what happened to Israel. Because in the wilderness, they started off grumbling about small things and it grew and grew until they began to turn to other idols and turn away from God. And, and they, they grieved God so much that they ended up with these hardened hearts and they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. And they never entered into the promises of God. And so this is a warning that God is giving us today. Now, I've put a wee title here in your notes, which I, I thought it was a wee cute title. Every day leads you somewhere. Do you agree with that? Every day leads you somewhere. Because I want to speak to you about today. The Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. There's a choice. Every day there's a choice. Are you going to say, this is the day that the Lord has made? I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a choice, a daily choice. And I want to say to you that it's possible to actually be glad in days that are even bad days. I think we'll, we'll trust the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to explain that as we go through. So they complained, they were drifting, they had negative attitudes, and they, and they began to think the wrong way and began to limit God. And the unbelief gathered momentum until their hearts were so hard that they didn't hear they didn't hear what God was saying. Now, there's a verse here that uh, I think is a beautiful verse, and it's about 
It's about exhorting each other daily, encouraging each other daily. It's so important that we encourage each other daily. Because, listen, and this is one of the things that Dave Wiley said on Sunday night that blessed me so much. You and I can't do this journey alone because we're part of a body of Christ. When you trust Jesus as your saviour, you become part of the family of God. You become part of the body of Christ. And the enemy will try to isolate you and take you away, away from the family and away out of the body so that he can take you out and keep you in the wilderness because he doesn't want you coming into the promises of God. And so it's so important that we encourage each other and that we are in a family and that we get together and we encourage each other because I'll tell you what, life is hard. We are in a war zone. Life, I'm not saying life's easy. Life is very difficult. And any of us that have lived any length of time know that. And we know that the enemy wants to keep us in the wilderness and doesn't want us to enjoy life. Now, I put another wee title here. There are daily opportunities in life because every day is an opportunity. Every day is an opportunity. What you do today will shape the direction of tomorrow and the next day. And God wants you to make a choice, a daily choice. Now, we're going to look at these children of Israel because I believe that God was speaking to them over and over again. It tells us in Psalm 78 that God was speaking to them. I'm going to read actually some of it because it's really important that we get a wee glimpse into God's heart over the children of Israel. It says in, in Psalm 78 that God said that the children of Israel did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. They forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. It says in verse 32, in spite of all this, they still sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works. Therefore, their days were consumed in futility and their years in fear. Verse 37 says, Their heart was not steadfast with God, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But God, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. And verse 40 says, How often they provoked God in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Again and again. They did not remember his power. They did not remember that he had redeemed them from the enemy when he worked his signs in Egypt. You see, it's possible for us to forget that God saved us in the first place. And sometimes we just look back and we think, well, I got saved or I trusted Jesus away back then. But look where I am now, I'm in the wilderness. Listen, God doesn't want you to stay in the wilderness. God wants you to take you into the promised land. The children of Israel were given time and time again, were given opportunities. And I want just to, to remind you of one of these particular opportunities that God gave. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read it. The, your, your, the references are in your notes. You can look it up. But in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, where we're told about how God told Moses to send the spies out to go and look at the good land and to come back and to encourage the children of Israel to go in. See, God wanted them to go into the good land. He wanted them to go in to the place where they could rest in God, where they could rest in his promises, where they could experience more than enough, right? So Moses did what he was told. He sent 12 spies out one from each tribe of Israel. They went out and they saw that the land was a good land. And if you remember, they saw that the grapes were so big. Remember they carried the grapes of Eschol. Took two men to carry one big vine. It was a fruitful land. It was a place flowing with milk and honey. It was a, it was, it was a land where the, God's promises were for his people. And God wanted his people to go into that land and to fight and to take the land and he wanted them to go in and claim their inheritance. God wanted them to have more than enough. God had an inheritance. God had a life that was full of joy and purpose for them. So the 12 spies come back and 10 of the spies give a bad report. 10 of them said, look, sure it's a good land, but there's giants in there 
and the giants are so great that there's no way we could go in and take that land. So we just better stay where we are. And the ten spies give a bad report. And two of the spies, Joshua and a man called Caleb, they said, but it's a great land. They said, yes, there are giants there, but with our God, we're well able to take the giants. Let's get up and go in there right now. And of course, the people didn't listen to the good report. They listened to the evil report. And and so they said, oh, we're not going in there. That's too much for us. We'll just stay where we are. So it would be far better to go back to Egypt anyway. And they they began to cry out against Moses And it ended up that all of those men and women who who decided not to go in, it ended up that for 40 years they wandered in that wilderness. And the Bible tells us, in fact, 1 Corinthians uh, 10 tells us very clearly that this story, this particular story, is a story to give us help and to give us understanding of what God wants to do in our lives. It's an example for us, it tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, that God wants us to know that he wants us to go in and he wants us to go in and take up the promises. Now, I want us to speak really, really clear here. I believe that there's some very important things that we need to do if we're going to enjoy our salvation every day. And and, and they're simple things. The first thing I believe that God wants us to do The first thing is every morning to make a choice that today we're going to have a soft heart. You see, if our heart is hard, then we won't be able to receive. We won't be able to receive from God if we've got a a hard heart. If we've been rebelling against God the way Israel did, if if we've been speaking out words of death and saying, you know what, it's just too much for us. I can't do this life. I can't do this situation. It's too hard. The giants are too big in my life. I can't go in. God can't look. God can't help me. If we start to speak out those words, we're going to end up staying in the wilderness. Even though we're saved and we're out of bondage, we're not going to go into the plan that God has for us. And that's a really sad thing because it was so sad that the Israelites stayed and the majority of them died in the wilderness and went right in circles and you know if we don't if we don't make a choice that we're going to soften our hearts now that might mean repenting about some stuff there's maybe some things we have said we need to come to god and and tell him we're sorry and repent i love i love repentance repentance is not a hard word it's a beautiful word when we come to god and say god i'm sorry i was wrong i shouldn't have said those things i shouldn't have doubted you i'm sorry that i've been complaining i'm sorry i've said all those things lord i just turn away from those things i turn to you and i'm going to speak out now that i trust you forgive me i repentance is turning from one way of thinking to another god i'm so sorry i've spoken out unbelief I'm so sorry I haven't trusted you for this situation. God, I'm turning away from that and I'm choosing to trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. God wants to direct your paths. And even though life might be really, really tough, he wants to take you through the obstacles and he wants to take you right into his promises. How do I know this? Because I proved it for myself. And it means making a choice, and it means making a choice every day. A daily choice to trust God. Today I choose to follow you. This is the day that the Lord has made. I can remember having to make that choice when I was going through a very difficult time in my life. And I know I've spoken to you about this before so often, but you know, it just bears repeating. Because in the, in the 90s, when my marriage had crashed and I was leaving the mission field, leaving Romania, coming home, feeling that everything had gone, well, not feeling it, knowing that everything was, had gone to pot, knowing that everything had turned to ashes, knowing that my dreams to, to serve the Lord in a foreign land were crumbling through my fingers, knowing that my marriage was in a very bad place. During those years, I came to a point where I had to decide if I was going to stay in that wilderness and continue to go round in circles and to continue to complain about my lot. I had to make a choice if I was going to continue to grumble and complain and speak words, negative words over my life or whether I was going to choose 
to trust God, choose to believe that he could do something with my situation and that he could lead me out of the wilderness and that he could bring me into a promised land, into his promises, and that he could satisfy me. And, and that was a choice. I had to make that choice. And somewhere during that time, I made that very, very definite choice. I remember I said, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm choosing to speak words of life over myself. With your help, with the Holy Spirit's help, I'm going to do this. Listen, it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. The second thing we need to do is we need to know that it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can enter in. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can go through the wilderness and get into God's promises. And so I believe today it's really important that we grasp this, that God wants to speak to you every day, and every day you've got to choose and you're going to trust him. Because there'll be fresh challenges. There's always fresh challenges. There's always difficult situations come up. My goodness, that prayer room, we get them every week. Situations that are coming left, right, and center. Situations where people have to choose, am I going to trust God or am I not going to trust God? It's as simple as that. We've got to make the choice and we've got to make it daily. And when we decide every morning as we get out of bed, Lord, this is your day. I'm choosing to trust you this day. I'm choosing to put my faith in you this day. And I'm choosing to speak out today that you're the God who's in control. I'm choosing to believe that you can fulfill your promises to me today. When we start to speak those words of life over ourselves on a daily basis, you might notice it at the beginning. But after a wee while, you'll begin to notice that you're feeling different. You'll begin to notice that inside, there's something about peace coming. You'll begin to realise that the more you speak out confidence in God, the more you speak out faith in God, the more you start praising him and thanking him that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond everything that you'd even ask or think, you find after a while, if you begin to speak out in confidence and begin to thank God and trust God, that your feelings come into line. Now, is there anybody here who's experienced that? Put your hand up if you can say that you have experienced that. Because do you know what? God wants us. He wants us to experience him every day. And he wants us to speak out words of faith. And these, these children of Israel, these Israelites, those who stayed in the wilderness, who refused to believe the good report they stuck to the negative report. I'll tell you something. Whenever we get negative and we start speaking negative words over our own lives, do you know what happens? Not only does it affect our lives for today, not only does it affect our lives for tomorrow and the next day and the next day, but it affects the people that are around us. Listen. The people in the wilderness were influenced by the, by the ten spies who brought the negative report. The ten spies came back with a negative report and they kept all of the Israelites, bar Joshua and Caleb, in the wilderness. And I'm telling you this, that if you continue to speak, and I'm praying that none of us are, but you know, it's so tempting, it's so easy to slip, to drift, to drift into this way of speaking negatively and speaking words that aren't food, aren't faith words. And when we start to speak negatively over ourselves, we will influence our children and we will influence our loved ones and we will influence everybody that's about us. And it will be a negative influence. And I want to really challenge you today that God wants you and me to be a positive influence, to start to speak words of life and words of faith. And even in the worst of situations, to speak it out in confidence that God can turn around the worst situation in your life. He can turn it around for good because that's the kind of God that he is. He works all things together for good to those who are called according to his promise. The children of Israel, instead of operating in trusting God, they operated from a place of fear. They only saw the giants. They didn't see the God of the giants. I wonder what you're looking at today. Are you looking at the giants in your life? Are you looking at all the difficulties? Or are you looking at the God who, can, who has already defeated the giants in your life? The one who can take you through. It's so important. And I believe that, that there's a place for us to rest in God's promises, even in the worst of times. Do you believe me? Yes. 
even in the worst of times when life seems to be so bad and and I'm not I am not um, minimizing your pain and I'm not minimizing the awful situations my goodness the prayer requests we get here Fiona was just saying this morning, unbelievable, it would make your hair stand on end, some of the things that people are going through. But you know what? I'm discovering that, that there's a lot of people that I know that are going through terrible times, but they're actually experiencing a rest. A rest in God that is supernatural because they've chosen to trust God and they've chosen to speak words of life instead of words, words, words of death. And that is so important. And God wants us to trust him in the bad times as well as the good times. What good is trust if it's only trusting in the good times? He wants it. Trust is proved in the bad times. And the children of Israel didn't trust God. In fact, it says they put God to the test and they complained against him and they did not enter into all that God had for them. And the thing was that they ended up in the wilderness. And you know, for 40 years, they never experienced what it was to actually partner with God. They, they saw God working in Caleb's life and Joshua's life. And you know what? Over those 40 years, Joshua and Caleb kept trusting. Even though, they were having to, even though they weren't able to go in right away, they still trusted. And you know, Caleb was an old man by the time they came into the promised land. I love Caleb because he reminds me of myself. Because you know, he was old and, when he, when he, and whenever they did, whenever God brought them right into the promised land, Joshua says, I'm ready. Give, he says to God, give me this mountain. I'm ready. But he says, I'm just as young as I was as a young man. He was ready to take the mountain. He was ready to go in and take the promises of God. I always, always imagine that during those 40 years, and maybe there's a wee bit of fancy in my part, but I imagine, I can imagine Caleb every morning, you know, the rest are lying in, and I see Caleb down, he's doing the exercises. <laughs> he's keeping himself fit because he's saying, God, I know you're bringing me in there, so I'm getting myself ready. I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the, I'm going to get it. And listen, God has a plan for your life. The enemy doesn't want you out of the wilderness. He wants you to stay in that place. He wants you to stay in that place where you have just enough. And God's saying, no, I'm telling you, I want to bring you into a place where you're going to have more than enough. Do you know why? Because you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance to go in and claim. What's your inheritance? Well, Psalm 2 tells us that Jesus said to his father, give me my inheritance as the lost. Jesus wants the nations. He wants the lost of this world. And that's our inheritance. And you see, the children of Israel... God wanted them to go into the promised land and they each had a portion of ground. They had to fight for it and they were to take over each tribe in a different part of the land to take. And you know, it's a beautiful picture. First Corinthians 10 tells us that all of this story is for our, as an example for us to help us to understand what God wants to do in our lives. Listen, you and I have an inheritance to go into. What's our inheritance? To go in and witness and bring others we're rescued out of Egypt. We're rescued out of bondage from the enemy. We're on this journey into the promised land. What's our purpose? To go in and get our inheritance to see other people one for Jesus. That's our inheritance. Our inheritance is the lost. And, and I just feel today it's so important that you grasp this because there's like three things that I see here that are so, so important. First, that we daily make a choice to trust God. Secondly, that we don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Bible talks about grieving the Holy Spirit and even quenching the Holy Spirit. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? By speaking out words of unbelief. You and I, all, we all know how to grieve the Holy Spirit, but we don't trust God. And when we start speaking out words that are full of bitterness or unbelief, we grieve the Holy Spirit and we will not get the help we need to get out of this wilderness. We need to make the daily choice. We need to trust the Holy Spirit to take us through and not to grieve him. And we need to understand that we are in a war zone and that we, that we do have to fight and that going in to get the promises of God means that we're going to go in with the help of the Holy Spirit and he's going to help us to be a witness and we'll have to fight the enemy but we're well able because we're well able to take those giants because we have the Holy Spirit with us. And we're going to go in and we're going to see 
we're going to get our inheritance because we're going to be witnesses to those around us. And you know what I have discovered? I have discovered that the greatest witnesses are people who go through hard times. See, the trouble is that we just want we just want to get saved and we just want everything to be easy and just float in, well, just float into heaven without any bother and just uh, you know just kind of sail over everything without life having any problems. That's what we would like. But we're in a war zone because the enemy is still romping around here like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he doesn't want you to go in and get your inheritance because he doesn't want the lost to get saved. He doesn't want people to understand who Jesus is and to put their trust in Jesus. He doesn't want, he can't, if you've been rescued by Jesus, if you've been rescued from Egypt, if you've been saved and, and you're, you're on this journey with God, he can't, he can't stop what God has done. But he can stop you being a rescuer. And when you go through hard times, you learn so much about trusting God that he can bring you out the other side and he can bring you into being such a witness. And I want to say that this is so important because God wants each of us to be witnesses. And I feel it's so important that we understand. It's so important that we get this, that life is not easy, but that God can take us through. And, you know, there's something about trusting in God that gives a rest and a peace that nothing else can give. And when you're in the middle of difficult situations and you prove God in this way, you can be a witness, a really strong witness to other people who have never gone through that or to people that are going through it and they come to you for help. The Holy Spirit is your helper, your counsellor, your friend, your comforter, your teacher, and he's the one who will give you a revelation of what God's saying to you every day. Ephesians 1, 17-23 tells us that he's a spirit of wisdom who gives you revelation on a daily basis. But listen, you have to receive God's word by faith. And you've got to let go of unforgiveness. Because if we have been forgiven, we will grieve the Holy Spirit if we don't forgive those who have have trespassed against us and if we're holding on to unforgiveness then we can't ex we can't expect to have the holy spirit's help to take us into the promises of god because there's a big blockage because we're grieving the holy spirit and if we if we if we are not experiencing the joy of our salvation we need to come to god and get a bit of prayer if you think that's what would help get someone you can trust to to pray with you we, we're, we're always open to pray here at the end but you know what? I really believe that God wants to speak to each of us. That he has more than enough for us. And it's, it's, it's time we were out of this wilderness, if any of us are in it. We need to get out of it and we need to get into that place where we can rest in God's promises, where we can know the joy. And we're going to look next, well not next week if we won't be here, but we're going to look in the, in the future weeks at what this rest is. We're going to look at what does it mean to enter into this place of rest. What does it mean to enjoy our salvation every day? Listen, God has more for us than we have yet experienced. There's always more. He's the God of the more. And he wants to bring us into, into that personal victory and into that place where we can actually claim our inheritance. I have written in your notes today that, that it'll be really good when you leave here to write a declaration down. I just think there's something about making a declaration over your life. Are you going to move in and do all that God has said you're going to do? You know, there's something about us. Do you remember whenever God first called Moses? Do you remember what Moses said? Moses said, oh, I couldn't do it. Oh, you've got the wrong man. Sure, I can't talk too well. And uh, Nobody get me. And, and do you remember he was, he was all over the place? But you see... It's so important, and I'm going to read this to you now, it's so important that we come into agreement with what God says about us. It's so important that we listen to what God says instead of listening to what we think. And just see if I can find this. Maybe I can't find it. Um, I can't find where it is, but... Never mind. Sure, I'll read it next week. That'll do all right, won't it? I'll tell you what it says in my own words, all right? It says that we, we grieve God 
when we tell him that we can't do what he's calling us to do. Do you get it? If he calls you to do something and he's saying, come on, I'm going to take you somewhere. When you say, oh no, I can't do that, you're grieving him. Do you know why? Because you don't trust him. And when you grieve God, you're not going anywhere. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you're going to stay in the wilderness. And your heart's going to get so hard. And you're going to influence the people around you. And their hearts are going to get hard. And then your children are going to grow up and you're going to wonder, where, they, where what happened to them? They've been listening to your negativity for too long. Just like those ten spies influenced an entire nation and kept them in the wilderness. Listen, you and I are called to give a positive report. We're called to give a report that is full of faith. And we're called to be influencers, to bring people into the kingdom. Our inheritance is to bring people into the kingdom. Our inheritance is the same as Christ's, is to give us the lost. To see lost lives restored. To see people who are going through bad times coming to faith, coming to Jesus, understanding that God loves them and experiencing salvation and experiencing restoration and experiencing new life and experiencing the best plan, the more than enough that God has for them. Listen, that's the joy. And I want to finish up today just by reminding you that you have a daily choice, that you can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. And if you grieve the Holy Spirit, then you're going to get it sorted. Because you're not going anywhere without the Holy Spirit. So it's a daily choice. And you need to be sure you don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You can do it with his help. But don't grieve him and don't quench him. Don't be talking that nonsense. Start repenting of wrong words. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And with his help, you can go in and claim your inheritance. And yes, you are in a war zone. And yes, it won't always be easy. But listen, if you're choosing to trust God... Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When we make that choice and we trust God on a daily basis, when we depend on the Holy Spirit, I was driving up the, up the main street there in Lurgan. I was driving up and down a couple of times. In fact, Jane had to go back as well. We kept leaving things at home today. I was up twice and Jane had to go back twice as well. What do we like? And I was driving up for the second time up that main street this morning. And I just thought, you know, when we make inner vows, I'll never do that again. Nobody else will ever do that to me again. Nobody will ever hurt me again. When we start making inner vows like that, it just struck me driving up in the car. You know what we're doing? We're taking it out of God's hands. And we're going to start, we're going to twint our own strength. We'll do it. We're becoming independent of God. And as sure as we do that, we're going down the street, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. We need to be saying, God, with your help, I will do this. And you'll keep me right, Lord, and I'm trusting you. And you know what? God wants to take us into the best because he is more than enough for you. And he doesn't want you staying in that place of just enough. Don't be living for something that is less than God intends for you to live with. Don't be, don't be, don't be going back, don't be landing up in heaven without your inheritance because you've decided to stay in the wilderness. God has an inheritance. He has people that he wants you to touch. And if you've gone through hard times or if you are going through hard times right now, can I hammer it in right now? Can I please, may God put this into your heart this morning, that God wants to use what's happening to you right now to make you more equipped to be able to help other people. And that's what happened to me. And I would not be up here. I never spoke to anybody before I went through those years of my divorce, separation and divorce. I never even thought of getting up to, to speak like this. God did something in me in the wilderness because I made the right choice. Because I decided I was going to trust the Holy Spirit and I was going to trust God to get me out. And by jingo, he got me out. And he wants to take you out and he wants to bring you into your inheritance. What's the plan that God has for you? Are you ready for it? Are you ready to jump into his plan? Are you ready to say, God, here am I. Send me. I, I want to be one who influenced the nations. I want to be one who influenced my neighbour. And I want to see lives rescued and, and lives changed and transformed. I want to be part of that. That's what you were created to do. That's what being a Christian is. And if you aren't being a witness, then you're not, you're not enjoying your Christianity because you were made to be a witness. And you're made to influence and see other people rescued. I would love that you'd be ready to jump. You see, last Sunday night, and with this I finish, last Sunday night that we were worshipping here, and there's a big band up here in this fundraiser. 
And William always stands right here with his little ukulele. And he just, you know, he just twangs away at the ukulele. And he loves it and he worships and he's the hands up and all the rest of it. But um, on Sunday night, at the end, the band were up and they were singing the last, the last song. And the guy who was standing here at the microphone, I don't know where he went to, I, whether he had to go home early or whatever, but he wasn't here. But the rest of the band were here. And William standing down there. William saw his chance. <laughs> I just happened to lift my head and the boy was standing here behind the mic. <laughs> and he had a grin on his face like you've never seen it. It was like, I'm up here and there's not one thing any of you can do about it. <laughs> I wonder, are you as quick to move into what God's saying? Come on. I've got a place for you here. It's right beside me. It's right here. Come on, let's do this together. I can take you out of that sticky situation. I can take you into the more than enough. I can take you into the promises. I've got a plan. I know who I want you to influence. I know, I know the per- people that, that you're going to talk to and that you're going to witness to them about how I took you out of your bad time. And you're going to see them rescued as well. And you're going to have the joy of partnering with me and doing it. This is what Christianity is all about. This is what God has for you. And it's to start today. Not next week or next year, whenever you're through your bad patch. It's now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to trust Jesus. Now is the time to say, yes, God, I'm with you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to depend on you. I'm going to step up. Opportunities there, Lord, thank you. I'm going to take my opportunity. I'm going to be like William. I'm going to step up and I'm going to take it. And I'm going to trust you. Father, I pray today that you will speak into every heart, that you will put the seed of your word in. And I pray, O oh God, that there will be a response to this message today. I pray, O oh God, that every woman here would get a fresh understanding that they have been saved for a purpose, that they have been saved not just to get through life, but actually to, to partner with you, Lord, to be able to rescue lost people and to, to see souls restored and to see lives restored and to see miracles happening. God, that it's an exciting journey that it's a good journey and God that you would do something in every woman's heart today to encourage them not to discourage them but to encourage them that you love them with a perfect love and that even now you're saying come on and trust me don't grieve me come and trust me Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for your word. Thank you that you have given a promise that your word doesn't go forward and doesn't return void. Thank you, you've given us a promise that you put it where you send it. And I'm trusting you now that by your Holy Spirit that you're planting words of life into every single heart and that you're giving encouragement and stirring up people to realise that there's a call in their lives and that they will step into the more that you have for them. Father, we thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.